Hey everyone, and welcome to the Thrive24 podcast. Today, we are joined by Kian, who is a fellow coach. If you do want to find Kian, you can find him at at Kian underscore McCrave. McCrave is M-C-C-R-A-V-E. Right, let's get straight into it. Right, so Kian, um, we've known each other for a little while, actually, to be honest. But at the same, at the same time, I actually don't know much about you. Um, <laughs> I, I know we've followed each other for a for a long time. We met up at an event as well. Um, we should have, we should have really spent more time chatting, but here we are anyway on this podcast. But <laughs> but I think one thing I wanted to go over with you, I wanted to understand. Okay, well, who is Kian, and you know how did you get started on this journey of being a fitness coach in the first place? Yeah. Um... My fitness journey is probably a little bit different to a lot of other people's. Um, sorry if you hear music playing in the background. It's actually my neighbor. She's she's fly, playing on the piano. So <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. Um, but so obviously, like growing up, I was always into sport. Like from Ireland, played a lot of Gaelic, played rugby, played hurling, played soccer, played golf, played basically everything that you could play. Um, and then when I was sixteen, I had brain surgery. Not many people know that because they don't really talk about it like massively, not because they don't want to, just because it hasn't really affected me today, apart from I can't really play sports anymore. Mm. Um, so I had brain surgery. I had carry malformation type two. So basically it's where like your cerebellum at the bottom of your brain um, like comes down into like your spinal canal. So um, basically my brain was too big. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, uh, so basically I just had to go in behind so in the back of my head, I have a scar in the back of my head, um, took away a part of the cerebellum, took away a part of the top of my spine just to make space for the fluid to move through. Um, so I, so I have a hole the size of a golf ball in the back of my head. And now I sort of, like the reason I got into the gym then was, so growing up, I always sort of struggled with my weight um, because I was playing so much football and like doing so much, like, right, I was never like a fat kid, but I was never yeah. a skinny kid. I was always like, the one that was in between and I was like well built as you'd call them here um and then when I stopped playing football and all that sort of stuff I just started gaining a lot of weight because I just mm. kept I kept eating the same stuff I was eating before when I was playing um so I did like did slow world did weight watchers did like every low carb took CLAs remember my protein used to sell CLAs and yeah. I think it's still doing said it said the burn fat um so uh, all, all of them do and you, you can still get them i i saw them the other day in um b&m yeah in, 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 the, in the protein aisle i was like great <laughs> yeah, yeah like i don't even i don't even know what it is it's meant to do I don't even know what's in it didn't read it just talked them i was wondering why i was skinny um so then when i was sort of like when i so when i was like 17 i joined the gym um sort of trained away not knowing what the hell i was at really then 18, went to college, did business in college originally, um, ended up hating the course I was doing. So it was a three-year course. Um, and I actually spent more time in the gym than in college. So yeah. like in my final year, I just did like a PT course. And then like it, it was sort of like a, like a, like a, I think it was a 16 week PT course. And then just got my qualifications from there. Um, and then that's how I got into the fitness really, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. And amazing what you've gone through, especially, you know, with like, brain surgery and things like that and for someone that was always being in sport I'm guessing the gym just gave you an out of you know a replacement of sport and yeah. I, I see that a lot I think it's similar with myself because 
I was involved as well with quite a bit of sport. And then all of a sudden, when all that stopped, when I went to college, I didn't have anything. And then the weight just kind of just ballooned. And I ended up at my, he- my heaviest ever then. And for me, it was the gym kind of then took up that spot as the sport. And I, th- I feel like a lot of people do this, do the same as well. You know, a lot of the guys and probably a lot of guys you work with, they always go, oh, I used to play football or I used to do this. And then when it comes to like nowadays, they don't do anything, but the yeah. gym is something that can easily be fit in to their life because they have the control over when they go, when they do it. Whereas something like a sport like football, cricket, even, you know, playing golf to a degree, you've got to set specific, you know, you've the times are set for you. You don't set the times. And I think when it comes to that, it's then that's why a lot of lads do enjoy getting into the gym and starting with that. You, you, you mentioned, um, obviously, you then in college on a PT course, then got working from there. Who is it that you help the most? Do you think is it a mix? Um, to be fair, the people who I work with, everyone's different. Um, mm. and like when when we talk about sort of like niches and who we work at, obviously I work at young people, and I don't really think like. I don't think an age group is really a niche, to be honest. Like I sort of zone in for people who have the same personality as me, because as you'll tell in the next like half an hour, 45 minutes, I say some wild shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like, that, I that's what we love. To, yeah. I don't have to, I don't want to have to coach someone who's going to take offense to that. Um, mm-hmm. Because it doesn't like, there's no badness meant in it. It's, it's all lighthearted banter. Um, so I work with people sort of who have a very similar sort of, I suppose, like sense of humor as myself, more so than yeah. most of anyone. So like males, females, um, whatever you brand yourself as. Um, so once we once we have a chat and we actually get on, and I feel like I can help you, then I'll help you. I I, th- I think it's it's a it's a funny one, isn't it? I think when you when someone when you click with someone, so like like for example, a client, you know that. Like if they have that same similar say sort of sense of humor as you, they normally come along with the other traits that you have as well. Something yeah. I've noticed over, over the years, you know, I only train men, but I've still got a few women in my group who've been with me for a long time. And I think the reason why they're with me is because they have the same traits as me. So realistically, they've got really like things like such as like perfectionism. They love, you know, they've still got the same sense of humor as me. And that's why they've got been able to get such amazing results. Um, and I've made the mistake in the past, and I bet you have as well, of taking people on who um, you don't get on with, and it's just difficult from day one. Yeah, definitely. Like, there's, I think there's a there's a coach out there for everyone. Like, like hundred percent. Like, coaches don't do much different. Like, every single coach out there doesn't do much different. It's the person that, like, if you vibe with the person the most, and like realistically, the coaching relationship is like going to be like messaging back and forth constantly. Like that's what coaching is. It's not just here's your training plan, here's your nutrition fact plan. Fuck off, we'll see you in a bit. It's like you're constantly chatting with the person. So I always say, if someone thinks I'm a prick, they're not going to want to text me. So yeah. do you know what I'm Hundred percent. It's it's that per- personal relationship. Yeah. You know, I I, I say to people on calls, I'm like I mess with my clients pretty much every day, and yeah. that's kind of the whole point of being a coach and not just being a trainer. Yeah. Um, one thing that I wanted to go over with you today, and I think that because I see a lot of your reels, and your reels are class, by the way. Cheers, bro. Um, <laughs> you go over a lot of say fitness myths or even diet myths. Yeah. And I think that 
sometimes I go way ahead of myself and I think to myself that people don't think about this anymore because I, I've gone so past it myself. And I think, so like when I try and think of things like myths, my head just goes, I'm like, I can't think of any because it's been so long. But people still believe in a lot of rubbish, sadly. Yeah. So what would you say, like, if you could think of a myth right now, that's just the first one that clicked into your head, what would you say? Straight away, like, carbs aren't bad. People think carbs, <laughs> like, <laughs> straight away. Yeah. It's the first thing that so many people say to me. Like, when I do a discovery call, we'll talk through, like, the nutrition. They're like, oh, you know, I eat carbs. I probably shouldn't. And I'm like, why wouldn't you? <laughs> like, shit enough as it is. Like, you should have some joy in your life. Hundred percent. It's um the carbs one, big one, and yeah. I I still know I I still once again don't know how it's a thing, because if we didn't eat carbs, it's going to be very hard to perform. Literally. And I think people have just been so accustomed to, because it's kind of like how th- things have changed now. So like if we go into like an Aldi or we go into any supermarket, all the products now say high protein. You know, a, a couple of years ago, all the products said low carb. Yeah. So I think that it's it's now, it's like back in the day, I think people's mindset was then always, oh, it must be good for me if it says low carb on it, when that just isn't the case. And I think we, we with all a lot of the myths, I think we like to um, overcomplicate things. Yeah. As fitness trainers, I notice this a lot is like, and I, I was definitely, like, I used to do it a lot at the start. I used to try and speak as if, like, so I used to think a lot of fitness trainers were going to watch my content. But I don't coach coaches, so it doesn't exactly. matter if they think my content's good or if it's or if it's bad. So, like, what I do now is I just go back to where I was at the beginning and say, like, right, what did I think at the start? And that's mm-hmm. where all my content comes from. So, like, it's the wild shit you hear me say, I've done it. So... <laughs> And that's coming from a PT himself, like. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny actually how many mistakes you. I think it's. Oh, I say mistakes. Uh, you always learn from your mistakes, and that's a big part of the journey. But I remember when I first started as a PT, I done a lot of things completely wrong, but it was it was key for me to be able to learn them. 100%. You know, um, yeah. There's lo- loads of myths. I'd say one of the biggest things that I always thought was that. And this is a this is a silly one, but when I was at my heaviest, when I went into the gym, I thought that all these people just were already in shape, if that makes sense. I yeah. was like, think I was thinking to myself, well, they're already in shape and no one like me has ever been in here before. And yeah, yeah, yeah I don't know why I used to think that. Yeah, like everyone's on everyone's on a journey, it's just a different page of of mm. of the book, like you know, sort of way. So like if you're day one, you're page one. If you're if you're like day 700 you're going to be page 700 it's a big fucking book (laughs) like fitness is a thing that shouldn't just like be there for like for six weeks or eight weeks or 10 weeks it should be a thing that's implemented into your lifestyle for the rest of your life because especially in the uk and ireland like the the obesity rates are are through the roof and Mm -hmm. it's probably because there's a lack of education around food especially in school like i did home economics i don't know if you have that in the uk and the whole way through so basically it's it's like baking like you they basically show you how to cook in junior mm-hmm. cycle and then in yeah. senior cycle you start like understanding a bit of like protein fats carbs and like yeah. making shopping lists and reading food labels and stuff but like they don't go into depth that they probably should to make people understand and even the stuff that you're cooking it's all like cupcakes brownies yeah. Yeah. chocolate cakes 
like the stuff that not that you shouldn't be eating but like you should have a lot more in, in moderation rather than every single week like every single week you should be cooking something like that it's it's crazy when you think of it like that I, you know back in school the only thing so like obviously you would do things like we have a, um, it used to be dt and we do food as part of that mm. and it was just cooking things like pizza lasagna yeah. it wasn't anything specific and it's you know, when you when you look back now as well, it's like what I we used to be given the healthy food plate. Mm. So I, I remember there was a an, an Everton bus used to come around to all the schools and we used to go on the bus and they'd have a bunch of like veg and stuff out and like here's the healthy food plate. Don't have a clue, don't remember any of it. So it's <laughs> it, 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 it's the most pointless thing ever. But it, it's but it's crazy that we aren't taught it because realistically it is quite simple and it is quite black and white and how to lose fat, how to gain how to gain weight it's very uh, you know black and white obviously there's a lot of other things that go into it whether it be emotions and whatnot but the main you know backbone of it is pretty simple yeah exactly and like in ireland we had a thing called something similar it's called food dudes um i don't mm. know if it's ever thing but in primary school so this is like between the ages of like like six and six and probably like 11 um mm they'd come around and they'd give you like these foods so like it was like cucumber carrot mm. um beetroot and then there was some vegetables but like that scarred me for years like i still i still can't eat a cucumber <laughs> <laughs> that's the only reason why eh? <laughs> <laughs> still can't eat it though like uh, there was celery and stuff in it and at the end if you ate all your stuff um they give you like a prize but like i remember i used to just chug it in and like like eat it and I'd get sick after because and then like obviously that leaves like an event like an emotional scar at you um 100%. but well even in the last few years to be fair since I did my photo shoot I've been a lot more like open to a lot more food so I used to just eat like the bare basics and that's it whereas I think you sort you, you did a photo shoot recently as well um so like when you are dieting it's normal to be hungry I think people think it's not like you should be full all the time from looking at influencers online like it is normal to be hungry not not from day one but for like for example we don't want you to be starving all the time but if you're going into it like a 12-week fat loss phase realistically from like week six to eight onwards you're probably are going to be hungry yeah. like at the end of the day you need to consume less calories in a day than you burn to burn body fat so there's going to be a lack of a lack of energy there yeah your body is not getting what it needs but that's what we need to do in order to lose fat so it is when you said normal to be hungry and it's also going to be hard. <laughs> it, yeah. It's it's not going to be easy. I think it was once again, it's crazy because I've been doing this. I don't not sure how long you've been doing this, but I've been doing this for six years now. And yeah. I remember probably taking about two, three years ago, everyone was saying it was like this big, massive sort of diet and easy flexibility approach, you know, and all this. And I was thinking to myself, no because it's still hard yeah. but uh, and now things have started changing and it's weird how it all goes up and down but the end of the day results are the end they're not given and exactly. it's not going it's, it's not going to be easy and once you accept that then it's kind of like I would say look at it as a chap look at it as a challenge and be like I'm gonna win you know use it as like a competition be like okay you know and don't get me wrong when I was getting ready for that photo shoot it was pretty much every night I was hungry I, and I forced myself up at nine o'clock. I'd lie in bed and I'd be watching food shows on on the TV. 
British bagel. Oh, it was now for me. It was like uh, food review shows on YouTube. I was like, I couldn't get enough. And it's funny how when I was hungry, that's how I would that's how I would deal with it. But no, I think as you said, that's a myth. Though once again, that you know, it's not that it's not normal to be hungry, and that with this, I think it's also as well because a lot of people don't maybe don't know what that feeling feels like. I think a lot of people, a lot of people don't know what hungry feels like because they eat too much anyway, and you know they've never had the hungry feeling. If anything, they've had the emotion of boredom or emotion of stress, and just dealing with it with food in that way instead. Definitely, and I think people are so used to getting everything now. Like if you look at Just Eat or Amazon Prime or Uber Eats or anything like that, like you order something that's with you in twenty minutes. So when people think that it's going to take them for a lot of people it's probably going to take you six months plus to get to where you want to be but they don't want that they want it in six weeks um and like as you said like when you're out of balance in one direction for so long you can't just expect to have sustainability and balance straight away like you have to earn the right to have balance that's what i say to my clients like so for the first like realistically until you get to where you want to be you're you're so you're so out of balance in one direction like as in like eating a lot of food taking in a lot of calories probably over consuming at the weekends but probably drinking a lot of pints probably taking in a lot of the food that you isn't do, isn't doing your body justice so you're going to have to give your body a lot of the food that it can it can use really well for energy and that's probably why a lot of people straight away when they start eating better quality food sources they feel so much better mm-hmm. I think a lot of the time they don't even feel like they're dieting yeah because they're eating such better foods than just relying on rubbish all the time but I, I love that it's, it's you earn the right to have balance Init- initially you've got to realize that the bad habits you've done for for some people is like 10 20 years worth of just bad habits you can't expect to all of a sudden be loving life um you know from from the get-go because you have to reverse what you've done um exactly. you know and i think that normally comes with as well you need to have that um you need to take responsibility of your own actions biggest thing that I did when I was at my heaviest I was like I flicked in my mind and I was like yes I could blame maybe you know my parents or I could blame my people around me for maybe not telling me or you know for you know the meals that were cooked for me but at the end of the day I was the one picking up the food and putting it in my mouth Mm -hmm. yeah I just took responsibility for that I was like okay let's get to work it's it's crazy and like a thing I work on with clients is like right you're gonna make mistakes like you're gonna overconsume calories sometimes like it's gonna happen so when you look at it it's like right what was the like what brought that emotional feeling mm. up like look at the situation rather than being like oh I'm a fucking dickhead why did they do that and then try and and then try and starve yourself yeah then it's like that's gonna get you nowhere number one um looking at the situation and say right why why was it that I actually overconsumed in calories was it like was it a stressor was it like you had a hard day at work was it you were sitting in the house in the evening time with nothing to do was it something else so like your mind your mind wanders and if you can if you can remove yourself from that situation it's always going to be a lot easier yeah it's it's dealing dealing with the trigger and yeah. like like you've said as well looking at yourself from a different perspective is huge and I I fit I feel like that's a skill that has built over time of, of doing it. I, I say, I say to my clients, like it might take two, three days for you to start to really gain that self-awareness, say a, a situation. Then over the next few times it happens, it gets less and less and less. And then all of a sudden you can have the self-awareness as soon as the situation hits you. 
But that's yeah. just, it's like, it's like any skill and you've got to learn how to, it's not silly, but you've got to learn how to be self-aware and catch yourself in them moments. Um, but that only comes through the practice of doing it. And that only comes through, I think, as well, being open and honest with people like ourselves, if you are a client of ours, because I've had clients before that maybe wouldn't be honest in them in that sort of situation to be as honest as possible, because it's our job. To, we're not going to turn around and uh, scrutinize you for it. But if anything, we're going to help you deal with it and learn from it for the next time. Exactly. And I think that's the, that's the issue. And what, like, I always say this a lot and it's a lot. I think the reason of like the reason this came is because people have been to other trainers in the past and they've said they've had a bar of chocolate and they were like, they've got abused for it. And it's in yeah. it, in the nicest way possible that's bodybuilders trying to coach normal people like normal people don't think the same way bodybuilders do so you need to have a normal person to coach a normal person and that's why we have a job at the end of the day because we're probably never going to be the most jacked person in the room but we're relatable we can we can talk through like we've 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 been out we've been in our own journeys and we can we can talk through things that probably other people can't talk through with them and I, I think that's huge. And that's something I mentioned on, on, my, on my last podcast. It's like, and I always believe that I can't, I can't take someone where I haven't been myself. Um, and as for example, your journey, you will have gone through different things. So what I've gone through, and that gives you the experience then to help people get from your situation to where they then want to be. Same with me. And I, but one thing I do think overall, and I think if there's one thing that people could really just, dial in on and get focused on is that you're playing the long game and you're in this for the rest of your life because I feel like everything else then it, it it's small in comparison if you just look at it as in your as you said you're doing it for the rest of your life well then now one week or two weeks of you struggling does it matter <laughs> not not really because over the span of what another 50 60 70 years worth of exercise and training and looking after yourself it doesn't really dramatically matter, but I think we're so accustomed to, and this goes into the like the myths again, is that dieting and getting in shape needs to be a 12 week, six week thing, it needs to be a shred. It needs to be, you know, and it's understanding that if that's not that's not the case, and it shouldn't be the case because you're gonna get in shape and then you're just gonna end up back to square one again. 100 percent And like even after after I did my last photo shoot, like well, my first photo shoot technically, um, like in the sp- in the period of ten days, I gained ten kilos back after. Now yeah. saying that, right, I went in holidays. It was all inclusive. Myself, my missus got engaged, um. So like there was a lot going on, yeah. um. But also like the food focus that I had was was crazy. So like, and that was because I was like grafting myself towards a goal, and I set a date and time that I wanted to have it done by, and. I was well behind that date. So I had to do things a lot more restricted than what yeah. I probably should have done. So like, obviously come like coming from me, you're like keen, you're a PT and you're saying you have to have balance. You have to have this, you have to have that, you have to have the other, but it's like, I made the mistake. So for example, like I know how to help clients now out of that situation in the end. Um, for example, cause I do like a lot of my clients will do photo shoots. Like I think I've done eight, nine photo shoots with clients and nice. The, the rebound after the photo shoot, you're always going to gain a little bit of weight in your net realistically, right? If you've done a photo shoot right, that's the best you're ever going to look. Mm. So, like, depending on obviously like different situations and stuff, but unless it's like a lifestyle shoot, but you're always going to have to gain a little bit of fat back there after. 
and then sit there for a while and then you can push on again. Yeah. I, th- I think that's something that's overlooked. And I actually, so I've done my photo shoot with two of my lads and one of them has been struggling to a degree for probably the last you know, month, month and a half. And I said to him that it's normal because you've, you've achieved something that was built up so big in your mind that it's normal for you to, you know, feeling a bit of a slump and feeling a bit like a bit stuck because you've just, you've just spent, you know, six months trying to achieve a goal and you achieved it. And now it feels as if it's now just gone back to nothing because you had that sort of like, I'm, I'm on it. My, I'm laser focused. I know exactly what needs to be done. And then it's like a release of all that dopamine at the end once you've done it. And I think it's then all about just being able to push through the next few months and not do much damage. Just trying your best to try and maintain, keep a good level of standards around everything. And then it feels like after a couple, a month or a couple of weeks, all of a sudden one day you wake up and you kind of get that motivation and urgency back in you again. Um, And I think it's just normal. I think it's part of a, I always call it my clients an identity shift. I feel like when you lose, when you, when you lose a big amount or a big amount of weight, you become a new person and it's difficult to deal with that. And I've had people that haven't been able to deal with it before. And it always springs back into my mind. There's this uh, woman I used to train. This is back when I was a one-to-one PT. But at that point, I was kind of hybrid because I'd still done online with them. It was just that I was seeing them in person. And she absolutely smashed her journey. I think she was around about three stone down and she looked incredible. And... She, when she got to that, and that her identity shift was even made even more difficult because she was going to work, and people were like, "Why have you still got a trainer? Why have you still got a coach? You've lost weight now." Or they'd say to her, "You know, she'd have like so one of her favorite things. She'd have like her oats in the morning, and she'd have cho- like a Freddo chocolate thing in it, and she'd mix it in, and they'd go to her, how are you eating chocolate? Why are you eating chocolate?'" And she was surrounded by all of these people in her environment, and she found it hard. And I, you know, it was every like couple of weeks I was having a discussion with her saying like you know you you can't allow to you can't let them you know take away from what you're doing and eventually it just got too much for her and the identity shift she couldn't just change because I think that was her environment that caused her to stay the same yeah and now I she's not as you know she hasn't gained all her weight back now but she's she doesn't train anymore she doesn't yeah. go to the gym anymore and that's someone who trained for 18 months and it's an annoying it's annoying for me to see because obviously I put in a lot of work with her but you know the fact of that she couldn't get through that identity shift so now that I say now that I'm even more aware of it I say to, I make lads aware that after we've say finished their fat loss phase I'm like it's going to take a little while for you to you know understand who you are and we're just going to have to sit here for a while and then we can push forward definitely and then it comes back to that like you've heard of the gold medal syndrome before Say again. Have you heard of like gold medal syndrome before? No, no, no. So basically it's like where I love, I love saying this one. So it's like where, for example, like Olympic athletes. Um, mm-hmm. So they work like, for example, you say in both work like seven years to run. What was it like yeah. seven seconds or something? Yeah. 11 seconds. I, I don't know the exact thing. The same with like um, that, that, that lad from the UK, the swimmer, like he's worked like probably 10, 11, 12 years to win gold at the Olympics. So once they've won gold, the last 11 years is basically gone to them. So like they have no goal to work towards now. They have nothing to work towards. And that's why most people fuck up. So like they don't have a specific, like they've, they've achieved the result they always thought they wanted. And from there, 
they literally they don't know what the next steps are and like it's normal and that's what happens it's just understanding right it's going to take a little bit of time for you to identify as you said your new identity your new goal what you're working towards and then from there um get working towards that goal but it's also there's also a thing like i and and i don't know if you find it but there's also some clients who have massive potential and and they get like three quarters of the way there but they never actually get to the finish line yeah and it's it's nearly as like like i call it like um gonna say it's the the glass ceiling yeah so basically it's like the the pain of you coming away from where you were is way is way less now because you feel way less shit you feel comfortable in your clothes you can actually you know undress next to your partner naked and you don't want to you don't want to hide from them whatever it is um so you feel way less shit but you're still not exactly you're still not where you know you you could get to but the pain of you the pain, the pain for you to get there isn't enough for you to push you. So like it's that push versus pull type thing as yeah. well. So like that can be quite annoying as well when you're working with clients to be like, but obviously that's why we're coaches and we have to try and find ways around that. Yeah. I th- I think that sometimes, so I actually had a client message me yesterday, the day before yesterday, and he's been, been a client of mine for 14 months. And he said that he thinks it's time for him to just have some time on his own. I was like, okay. I was like, accept it. I'd class him as a graduated client. He's lost a hell of a lot of weight, but I know I could push him so much further. And I know he's got so much more potential. And when I read the message, I was thinking to myself, I'm a little annoyed because I know how much more you can offer because how well you've done so far. But I think think for some people, then that identity shift period could take years. Yeah. You know, f- for me, it's weird because I look back at it now. For me, I got down to 14 stone from t- from 20 stone six. And I was happy there for like three, four years. I didn't even bother me. In my back of my mind, I was just like, yeah, I'm happy now. And I, and I was like, I, I can just say that I've lost X weight. And then all of a sudden last year, it changed. I was like, fuck this. <laughs> I was like, it's time to make time to go all in and just get as ripped as I possibly can. And that's why I done the photo shoots. But it took me how many years just to be sitting there? And I think it's I think it is it's it's normal as you said. It it depends on the like the pain equation, whether it's worth it enough for you. And you've got to realize as well. I think when we look at it a bit more of a we take a step back and we look at actually look how good their life is now compared to what it used to be. If they're happy where they are right now, that's fine. And that's just something we have to we have to deal with. Yes, as coaches, we can at least make them aware of the situation and that, you know, you do have more potential, you can offer more. But I think when someone's mind is made up, I think it's difficult to kind of switch it. Yeah, exactly. And at the end of the day, like it's up to them if they want to continue. So like it's a thing of like we can only do so much, but the client has to buy in because if the client doesn't buy in, they're not going to stick to the plan. 100%. In regards to so we had a myth about food, we said carbs. Yeah. Myth about training. What would you say is the biggest one? Oh, training. Okay, so straight away, high reps get you toned. Um, <laughs> you have to do high reps if you're dieting, and you can only do lower reps if you're if you're gaining weight or if you're trying to like bulk up. Um, your training should be the like doesn't have to change. Like you could realistically, you could probably stay on the on on the same training plan for like three and a half four years if you're progressing week on week and swapping out some small some, some small movements that ones that aren't progressing for ones that probably could progress a little bit more and do that week on week for probably three four five years and see a lot of results so 
to think that you have to do higher reps when you're losing weight is a bit mad, to be fair. <laughs> it's no, it's something that was there for a. I remember this for a long time. Even I, when I very first started as a PT, when I used to do classes, I'd be all like high rep stuff. Yeah. So back then, I didn't know any better, and I hadn't done much research into it all because the PT course teaches you nothing. Teaches nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I didn't even know how to do most of the exercises myself. <laughs> I, I remember I went into my, I went. So I passed my PT course and I literally, as soon as I passed my PT course, I had an interview the next day. On the way home from the interview, they said, okay, you've got the job as the fitness coach, which was I had to do like cleaning classes and obviously then do um, one-to-one as well. Yeah. And so I walked into the gym and I looked at some of the machines. I remember like a hack squat. I've never seen a hack squat before. And, I, and there were so many different things in that gym I did not have a clue about. And it's crazy because I was the person that was meant to know. Um, so imposter syndrome was instant. Um, yeah. But I used that as an opportunity to, to to learn. And then eventually here I am now. And I, I'd like to think that I know a hell of a lot in comparison to where I was. Um, but in regards to the high rep stuff, it's as well understanding that, as you said, training doesn't have to change. I think that was the, that was the myth that always pops into my mind because people always just say, oh, I... I you know, they go, either go in and change their session every time to shock the muscle, um, which, which is a big thing, or they uh, got to change it every six weeks because our body gets used to it. And they're the things I always remember that I used to be told. And I'm pretty sure I was told that by my first personal trainer when I was at my heaviest as well. Um, and that's the reason why we used to change all the time. As you said, you can stay on the same plan for years. It doesn't matter. I yeah. would say to my clients, I said, literally, uh, say a beginner client comes to me I have them using the most basic machines in the gym and I say to them if as long as you, you if you were to use them for the rest of your life and to just make sure you make progression on them you'll still get in good shape I said but there's levels to it of where we can put in more advanced exercises that'll help with things like flexibility balance um better core strength because machines are obviously going to assist you to a degree and is that in my what I do with clients is just every you know every probably 12 weeks I don't make major changes I just make um like a little change a few exercises just for a bit more fun yeah and just to exactly. just to advance knowledge yeah definitely um and I think like the main the main reason why people want stuff to change is because again they want changes quick so they think if they constantly change mm. the exercises like realistically like your body's not getting used to it because you should be pushing yourself each week so you shouldn't be yes you're doing the same exercise but you should be doing more weights and more reps each week it's 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 not getting used to the exercise you, you shouldn't look at it as the exercise you should look at it as the actual progression because yeah. that's what your body your body doesn't get used to the exercise your body gets used to the stress that you're putting on your body yeah exactly and it's like fair enough like we probably like a lot of the clients we probably work with probably don't need deloads as much yeah. as for example what like bodybuilders and stuff would do because they don't train with the intensity that 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 yeah. they needed to sort of get like frequent recovery but even at that like an easy way i what i started doing was i started rather like for example if someone was constantly doing like high reps because a lot of, a lot of my to be fair a lot of my beginner clients will do high reps so they get better at the movement straight away so you're trying to do you're, you're getting them do a lot more um and then from there we'll sort of work them down over time as they get better training intensity we'll be able to bring them down into like lower rep ranges but even doing that so going from high to low, high to lower rep ranges sometimes is actually quite good to give them a deal but they can still go and train because they're working like different pathways so like different 
energy pathways nearly nearly a bit too sciencey to bring onto a podcast but um like it is it is quite an easy way so if you feel like you're stuck in progressions constantly like if you're someone who's listening to this and you feel like like you don't have a coach but you're going to the gym you've been consistent with your training and like you've been consistently staying within the same rep ranges maybe bringing it to a higher rep range or a lower rep range depending on what you're doing for like maybe maybe an eight-week period could see massive progressions in your training as well because you're hammering the same rep ranges the whole time it's 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 even even like when I do set rep ranges, I've even mentioned to clients, I'm like, you know, if you feel like you want to push one heavier and maybe drop down a little bit, that's completely fine. That's part of what your kind of it should look like. You know, even though like for example, I'm um the other day when I was squatting, I was thinking, okay, I need to um my rep range is oh, I think it's four to six um on my on my plan for my squats. And I felt good doing, so I hit a PB for the four. And I thought to myself, actually, I, I, I've got more in the tank here. Let's see what I can do for two. And that'll, that'll help me overall. That'll help me for my, when I um, get into squats for my next session, it will, will have helped. But it wasn't within my rep range. But I knew I had more to give, so I just done it. And I say, say that to clients all the time, you know, use a bit of, you know, if you feel like you can maybe do some more and just push it that little bit. Um, as you said, we, they don't, our clients don't train like bodybuilders. They don't train with the high, the highest level of intensity. They don't go into sessions, you know, stimmed up, ready just to go at it. They just, they just don't. And the original, uh, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally scratching the, scratching the face off pre-workout, ready just to hit everything. Um, like what I probably tried to do when I was like nineteen. Um, <laughs> I think I had more more pre workout in my system than I did water at that stage. Oh, mate, <laughs> it, 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 it was a joke. I so I used to use um, Rich Piano's fifty one fifty. Yeah. Um, and then there was this funny pre workout I had. So my actual my second personal trainer I had this is um, I probably about what, fifteen stone at this point, and he went to me tried this um, pre workout and he gave it was called Crimson Devastate. Oh mate, it was easy. It's like it's banned in the UK, but you can get it from this shop. And I was like, oh sick. <laughs> I was like, I was like, that's probably has the MMA in it. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so I, I, it tasted like vodka Red Bull. And <laughs> don't be wrong, the first session I had was insane. I've never had such a good session in my life. I was flying. I came home. I was throwing up. <laughs> and so then I thought, I was like, my body's just probably, probably trying to get used to it. Second day, same. Third day, same. I was just throwing up constantly. Didn't get used to it. And then I was like, I just need to stop taking it. I went cold turkey. I remember shaking in bed. I was freezing cold. I was shaking. It was like the middle of summer. And um, it was just proper caffeine withdrawal because of how, how bad it was. So I never took that again. Uh, but then I did go back onto 5150. But then now it's crazy because now I don't even take a pre-workout. And maybe have a monster or a coffee. Um, yeah, yeah. I take I take like a pump pre workout now rather than the stim because I would have like maybe a monster and a coffee each day, which is a lot of caffeine as it is. Yeah. Having a having a stim um would probably blow my brains out. Have you ever yeah. tried total war? I've tried total war. Yeah. Um, and I went home and cried after the first time I took that. <laughs> it, it, it's I I remember I, I looked in the mirror and it's the same with ABE as well. But ABE is not even that bad. But like rash all over my forehead, my neck. And I'd be in the session, I'd be like that, scratching away at it because it, it just, and um, how hot your face feels is yeah. a joke. Um, but to to anyone, I probably, I'd never recommend realistically anyone taking a proper pre-workout. Um, 
not unless you're, you know what you're doing. <laughs> I, I, I've, I've got a hilarious story, actually, I remember. So I was sat there, I was, what was I, I think I was, I was doing like client programs or something. I was sat there while I was working in the gym and there was this newish trainer, um, not to speak bad upon anyone, but he was next to me doing a consultation with a woman who came in for like a Kickstarter thing. So she came in the gym. If you signed up, you get a Kickstarter, you go with a trainer. So um, I wasn't at the time because I was self-employed in there. So they used to be rats and not give me anyone. So I had to do it all myself. Um, <laughs> but they had, so this guy, so there's this like woman, she must've been like mid sixties, seventies, came into the gym sat down with her and he was like, so he took it on a session, um, sat, sat her down and he was like, you know, for when you get on the treadmill and you're doing your runs, he's like, have you ever tried pre-workout? And I was like, I was sat there next to him and I was thinking to myself, what is going I was like, I need to intervene here. And I was just sat there and she was like, no, what's that? And he was like, oh, it'll make it, you run so much better. And I was like, mate, you're going to give it a stroke <laughs> or, or some sort of heart attack, yeah. you know? Trying to imagine taking pre-workout and then doing cardio afterwards. Nah, man, or cardio it. whilst doing it. And <laughs> that's not it. <laughs> I, I I couldn't believe what he was doing. <laughs> I was like, mate. Um fucking hell. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> and it, 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 it's actually making me think back now. There were so many like like things that even trainers at that time like still believed, like the myths that we're talking about, like they still believed. Um, you know. Most trainers, when you go, and anyone listen to this, if you you got a personal trainer now or you've had personal trainers before, and every session you go in, you're doing something different. Mate, you... you, you bend them, bend them. Yeah, yeah, get gone. Get a because, refund. <laughs> get a refund. Because, because you're making zero progression. Uh, people used to think I was crazy because back in the day, I used to, I had, it was funny, I had my gym bag and it was full of these little notebooks I bought off Amazon. So I used to give these notebooks to my clients to track all their sessions. This is before I knew all these like online platforms existed. So I so I had these little notebooks and I'd get my clients to walk around with a pen and they'd be writing it in every set, every everything they were doing. And people used to think I was crazy that I used to do that with clients. Now look. Yeah. I was you know, for me, that was that's exactly how or in my mind. Because oh, I'd done a lot of research as I was, you know, the years went on. I was like, well, this has to happen if you want to improve. I was like, well, if I'm trained like this and I'm getting results for myself, shouldn't my clients be doing the similar thing? And a lot of trainers switch up. Because if you ask your trainer what they're doing in the gym, it's not going to be what they're making you do. Um, yeah, exactly. It's crazy. Yeah. The same as fasted cardio. Like, fasted cardio for fat loss does not fucking work. It's the same thing unless you're on fuckloads of gear and yeah <laughs> then it doesn't work and like it's it, there's going to be no difference between running fasted or doing your cardio fasted doing your cardio fed but some people might enjoy a little bit more doing a fasted like i i'm running 5k every day in november now so i'm just doing it all fasted because i want to get it done first thing in the morning get it out of the way yeah. and, it, and it and it doesn't have to sit on your stomach it just there's no no difference when people say People always ask me even about intermittent fasting. I was intermittent fasting a good way to lose weight. I'm like, you're just not eating breakfast. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, don't have I, breakfast and see what happens. <laughs> I, I was like, what? I was like, I must have, I must have intermittent fasted for about two years and didn't even know what it was called. I just didn't <laughs> eat breakfast because I just rather a bit having a bigger lunch and lunch and dinner, or lunch and tea. Um, but it, it, it was all these little things. And once again, I think it always comes back to everyone wants that quick change, that quick fix. I think 
every myth gets demolished if you just think of it as it's not quick. You know, don't be wrong, the results can be unbelievably quick, but you know that you're going to be in it for the rest of your life. Once you know that, then all these myths kind of get, like, as I said, just forgotten about because they're not part of it. Um, Even when it comes to things like, you know, um, like nutrition-wise, said always one of the biggest myths that I used to see. So you said, obviously, carbs make you fat. People also used to think that um, fat is the worst thing for you to be eating because they think because it's called fat, it's going to make you fat. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. And and like, it, yeah, go on. You're not clear. I, I was like, it's just because it says the word fat. Fats are needed. Fats are majorly important. So are carbs majorly important. So if anyone has listened to this and you're still trying to then cut out fat or you're trying to cut out carbs, I'd probably say go on any any of our pages and listen to all the stuff that we say. Yeah, go give us a follow. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I've, even, I've even got a podcast that literally, you know, if there was a person that has never been in the gym before and wants to get in the shape of their life and start, you know, you know, knowing how many calories they need to be on, knowing what they need to be doing. I've literally got a podcast that runs through everything. You don't even need a coach to listen to that and do it. The whole point in the coach is that, that people don't have accountability or the structure or the routine. And that's why they need coaches in their lives to be able to set that standard for them. Yeah, 100%. And it's like, the thing is, is like, if anyone goes and looks for like a training plan or a meal plan or calories, like you can find that anywhere. You can look it up on Google and just say, what's the calories for an 82 kilo male, five foot six, whatever. And it'll it'll come up um the same with training plan but in if even if you use chat gpt now give me a three-day training plan to help me build muscle it'll give it to you it'll tell you everything but there's a reason why you're still not doing it yeah <laughs> like that's mm-hmm. what i get people across is like people will text me and they'll be like do you give me a meal plan and i'm like well the, the meal plan's not going to get you the results it's the accountability it's having people around you that actually and touching on the environment and um, like you said earlier on like it's having the people around you that actually are looking to push for more is going to want you to push for more. And like a lot of the time, some people are in really, really bad situations, whether it be like in a relationship with like their um like their other half and they don't want to be in it or stuff at work. And sometimes it's just not the right time to try and lose fat. Mm-hmm. Because as we said, mm-hmm. it's going to take some sacrifice. Like it's not sexy at all. The end result is sexy, but the process along the way is not sexy. There's nothing that needs to be sexy about it. Yeah. Well, you just brought something up and I thought about this last night. So I, I, I you know, when you're struggling to sleep and you just think about weird topics, for me, it's yeah. always it's always thinking about like weight loss and on, on the gym. And <laughs> I, was think, I, I was thinking to myself about, so there's people I know who will want to get in shape. And a lot of the times, if they start normally someone like their partner, gets involved wants to start as well and wants to get in it in, in wants to get in shape i've had loads of clients who have ended up trading their partners as well and it's amazing to see oh i've seen one of my longest serving client um who was with me from literally day one only to start with me last year so what that's five years she, she was my client her husband was my client and his son then also got into the gym and started got in shape and he's actually was doing powerlifting and stuff which is class but in the case of, say you're someone who's overweight, you want to get in shape, your partner's also overweight and doesn't want to get in shape. What does that do? 
like how does it affect like because in my mind I think to myself and this is awful but I do think to myself well isn't it an awful situation to be in because if you want more and your partner doesn't want more is that a situation you should be in in the first place because you're allowing yourself to be brought down by someone and I think sometimes you in my mind a situation like that is where you've got to cut ties yeah and it's it's tough like obviously we're not like relationship advisors but like you're you're both like it's normal for people to grow in opposite directions like mm. that's normal to that sort of way like and there doesn't have to be any haste with it like if someone wants something completely different than what they're currently doing they're going to have to make a change and if that person who's meant to support them 100 percent isn't supporting them and is making the situation harder mm. and realistically down the line it's going to cause it's going to cause more issues in that relationship and you're going to feel shit forever because you're never going to get to where you want to be so there's only really yeah. one option there like it is it is a, it is a tough thing to say like but the person has to realize that themselves yeah I, I, it's 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 tough as well because i bet you've probably seen maybe clients with this in a similar situation i know yeah. i know i 100%. have yeah and and it's it's crazy because you can't turn around and say to them oh you need to get rid of your missus yeah. oh you need to get rid of your partner you, you can't do it but at the same time it's like because you know that person is then capable of so much and they want it so much but they can't see what is holding them back and it's 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 that's a difficult one i said it's completely off topic on what we're talking about but it was that it was something that popped up in my mind last night and i was thinking to myself what a hard situation that that would be to be in but i think we get too comfortable in situations and i think it's understanding that we can't if you want to become the best version of yourself you can't afford to be comfortable you've got to be constantly seeking the uncomfortable and at the end of the day like the only person that's really going to look after you is you do you know yeah. that sort of way like you only have yourself that, that, that that's that's the hardest too i think people need to realize and i think that's that if, if anyone you know before people want to get started on fitness journeys you got to realize that you got to take that you've got to realize you're number one no matter what happens and if you look at it in the darkest way possible, if you die tomorrow, your partner in two years' time is going to find someone new. Yeah. You know, it's no one, you know, your, you know, if you die tomorrow, your workplace is going to, you know, put your job up on Indeed in, the, in a second. No one's asked. You know, I, I know it's, that sounds awful, but I think it's, it's powerful. It, yeah, and it's powerful to know yeah. that. You know, it was one of the most powerful things that I knew, especially in my last relationship. I kind of, the reason why I joined mental performance, I think we're both on, it was literally just like understanding, okay, it's me and me versus the world, really. And yeah. I can either bring people with me or, you know, I can only then offer somebody to bring people with me. And if they want to come, they can come with me on my journey. But other than that, you know, they're just going to be pulling you back and holding you back. I actually, I know, I don't really watch TikTok much, but the other day, one one of my clients actually sent it to me, and his life's changed like massively mm. in the last in the last six months. Like he's had three deaths in his family. Him and his missus broke up. He's doing a masters. Like and his overall like outlook on life has completely changed, um, and it's amazing to see as well. Um, but he sent me a TikTok, and it was like the boy becomes a man when he realizes that no one's coming to save him, and it's like it's strong. It's, that is strong. Like you have to do shit for you. It's as simple as that. No, hundred percent. I agree with that massively. I think a lot of lads. Yeah, I you know I go on Instagram and I see a lot of lads with um fat with children and partners and they may be similar age to me. So I'm 25 and, and they're probably about similar age to me. And I just think to myself, 
I know that in the back of their mind, they know they could be so much more and they're just, it's just all suppressed because, because there's even people that, you know, they might like my odd post or they might, we might have the odd conversation every now, now and again, but I know they're capable of doing what they need to be doing. It's just that everything in life is just holding them back because they're not looking after themselves as the biggest, most important thing. If you look after yourself, you can be the best version of yourself. You can look after everyone so much better. And as I said, the most you can do is try because you can be that lead and light. You can get in shape. You can do it. You can really push on and just do it for yourself. And if your partner, if you know your family members want to follow you, great. If not, then you've got yourself in shape and now you know exactly what you want in life. Yeah, but exactly. don't let others hold you back. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's like that is a powerful one. Um, but like it's it's crazy the amount of potential people have, and the old things yeah. we can't do. I think yeah. alcohols. I think alcohol is a big thing. I don't know what it's like in the UK, but drink drinking culture in Ireland is massive. Like people would rather spend two hundred fifty quid on a night out at the pub, and clothes that are going to cover them up to make them feel less shit, and a takeaway on the way home. Then what they'd rather spend that on coaching for the month to help them make literally give them unstoppable confidence and, and feel the best they've ever, ever, ever felt. How, how many of your clients stop drinking once they get in shape? It's, it's crazy. Like <laughs> I, I actually had, so I stopped drinking like four months ago yeah. um, and I just said, I do it for a year because I don't really drink that much anyway. Um, but, but when yeah, I, I, yeah, go on, go on. When I, when I, when I go, when I, when I, when I was in Portugal, I got a message from a client. And he had like, I wouldn't say he had a drinking issue, but he was drinking five nights a week. Um, like he works, issue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he works in the, like he works in the bar and uh, like okay. you know, stay, stay after and have like three or four pints after. And he knew like waking up the next day, he felt unmotivated. He didn't want to, you know, he didn't want to do it. And I was like, well, why don't we, why don't we give this a go and just say, right, for the next 60 days, I'm not going to, not going to have any drink. And just removing yourself from the situation when it gets like that. He texted me when I was in Portugal and he was like, um, 65 days off it now and he was like it's definitely broken the habit like I feel like I don't have to have a drink anymore I'm just going to drink at social occasions and that's it really like he doesn't need drink to socialize he's yeah. a big bubbly person as it is so he was only doing it because it's just it's it's Irish people you know it's yeah. well it, it's it, I think it's more about it, it, it's once again the surrounding that you're in if everyone's doing it it kind of seems like normal but once again, it, it shouldn't be the normal. Alcohol is a big, massive one. For me, for example, I'll drink maybe three times a year if there's so, if there's a special occasions or like, you know, it's very rare, like a wedding. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And very, and to be honest, I don't drink much then either. Um, and I think it's number one. I think people, as you said, you don't have the confidence within yourself. So the drink gives you false confidence. That's like the normal first step as well as doing things like like. Um, dressing up in you know or buying like expensive gear to make yourself look and feel better rather than just dealing with the main issue which is that you don't feel good about yourself naked you don't feel good at yourself looking in the mirror at home and it's also when actually say drinking you're forgetting about all the bad things all the things that you don't like about your life it's a form of escapism so all them things, drinking realistically is just not a good option. <laughs> and this is not to say you shouldn't do it, but I, I, all my clients, I had a client, the first thing he said to me was like, I'm still going to go out on a weekend and get absolutely smashed with the boys. And he want, wanted to make it work. So to be honest, we made it work 
for you know the first couple of months. We literally just swapped pints for bottles. He counted them out and he drank things like that. But you know, this is the client who's actually now um, leaving after fourteen months. He doesn't drink. He doesn't go out on the weekends and get hammered anymore. He all he all he does is like he went to a family party. He said, "Oh, I I bought uh, four skinny lagers and that's all I had." And it's just crazy to see that that that's the that's what changes when you become a new person. You become that confident. You don't need a drink to, you know, give you confidence. I always remember, and this is, um, going back maybe when I was twenty one, twenty two, and I was at that point in the shape of my life at that point. So I was buzzing. I was going out. I was going out every Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, sometimes Thursdays depended and I was loving life because for me when I was 17 18 I was unbelievably fat and I just didn't get anywhere with girls or conversations or whatever and all of a sudden when I was in the best shape of my life it was just completely changed and it felt amazing so I didn't actually drink and I remember the confidence I used to have like just going up to girls in bars and just being able to talk to, talk to them and you know it was mental to think that someone who was so different and when I was 18 at my heaviest, I used to get just bevies and just hope that, you know, I'd be able to build up enough courage to maybe have a laugh with a couple of people. And then all of a sudden I was going out on nights out and I wasn't drinking. Um, I was just literally having Cokes. And I always remember like there was one situation and my, my mate was with me and he was drinking at the time. And there was this girl I really fancied and she was just randomly in this bar at the same time. And literally I just walked straight over to her and that was it. And just the rest of the night was just class. And he was there and he was like, how'd you do that? He said, you're not even drinking. I was like, I don't even know. I was like, it just happened. And, but that's what happens when you start to feel good about yourself. When you start, you know, you're in shape, you're looking after yourself, you're getting good sleep, you're getting good exercise, you're eating well. All of a sudden you just start flying in life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we'll wrap it up there. Is there any, you know, whether it be in regards to myths, whether it be in regards to a bit of advice that you would give to someone you know, to end this on? Um, I'd say whatever you see on TikTok, take with a pinch of salt because there is a lot of stuff out there, but also be in it for the long haul. Like if someone's trying to sell you six minute abs, it's obviously not going to work. So 100%. it's going to be the rest of your life. Look at it as that. That's the biggest thing I could say to anyone. And I agree with that completely. Just be in it for the long game. It doesn't have to be quick because how many years have you got left on this earth? And that's an, uh, another big one. You're going to enjoy it. If you get the right coach and they, you don't enjoy it. You don't, you enjoy the process. You enjoy getting in shape because it's not things like hit workouts where you're going to be absolutely battered or you're feeling ill. Like you've probably been used to or classes and things. What you love is the progression said my clients would come out the gym feeling amazing because they're like, I lifted heavier than last week. I'm buzzing. And then all of a sudden you fall in love with the gym. There's not one client of mine that ha that hasn't, that has made progression and not loved the gym and not loved the process of it. And I think that's key. You you will enjoy it once you start to see the achievements and the progression day in, day out. Right. Brother, that was amazing. Thank you very Thank much you. for coming on. Thank you, sir.